Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. In our conscience, we hear the voice of God. Have you heard that voice in your conscience? Maybe you're getting ready to do something or say something or watch something, and then there's a part of you saying, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe a good Christian wouldn't do that. Or, or maybe you, you have an exchange with your spouse. You say something or do something, and afterwards you, you feel a little guilty. You say, oh, I, 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 maybe I shouldn't have said that. I, I don't think I treated her well. I, I wonder if I should say sorry. These are wonderful moments where we really meet God deeply in our souls. Do we listen to our conscience and follow God's guidance? But we also know that some people, even Christians, might use the word conscience very loosely and allow their conscience to lead them in, in ways that are, are not good. Maybe there's a Christian that says, you know, well, you know, I sleep with my girlfriend and, you know, but we love each other and I don't think Jesus minds, you know, this isn't that big of a deal. My conscience doesn't bother me. I don't feel guilty about this, so it must be fine. Or maybe... Maybe you, you know someone that's run off with another woman, you know, left his wife and kids behind. He just said, yeah, my marriage was really complicated. It was really hard. It was a lot of tension. And God just wants me to be happy. Surely he wants me to be happy. And I found this other woman. So God's fine with this. I, I don't feel guilty about it. I'm just following my conscience. Maybe you know someone, a Catholic at your parish, that wants to vote for a certain political candidate that's pro-abortion, whose policies are going to build a, a culture of death even more in our civilization. Uh, a, a candidate that might be really against a lot of traditional views of marriage and family life. And yet this person says, oh, but I just don't like the other candidate. I don't like the, the other candidate's personality, or I, I like this candidate's personality more. I just feel good about this candidate. I'm just following my conscience. What is conscience exactly? What exactly is it? And what responsibility do I have to follow it? What responsibility do I have to form it? I want to talk a lot about conscience today, especially in all that's going on in our culture today. We need to understand a Catholic view of conscience. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sree, and I want to give a, a warm welcome to any new listeners joining us here this week. Thanks for joining the show, and I want to give a shout out to a number of the small groups I've been meeting with online. I've been doing all these little visits to small groups or to Catholic parishes or Catholic school teachers, diocesan leaders, etc. Um, I'm going to shout out to uh, St. Gregory, the great Catholic school teachers in the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut. It was great to do your in-service day, a workshop with all the school teachers there. That was a lot of fun this last week. I'll be praying for you as you continue the moving forward in the school year. I give a shout out to Our Lady of the Pines here in Colorado, and we're doing this Bible study uh, together, which has been a blast. Uh, shout out to the university students in Sydney, Australia. They were doing a big online retreat, and I was able to be the, the closing speaker and do a, a really fun Q&A session on a lot of tough topics uh, that young people face in our culture today. Uh, also out in that part of the woods of the world, that is, uh, first time giving a talk in New Zealand, well, at least virtually, uh, for, with U Evangelion Ministry. 
Ministries. They're, they're putting together this awesome conference. They had almost a thousand uh, people together all across New Zealand gathering to really try to live their Catholic faith vibrantly in a secular age. So uh, really fun to be with these conferences or school teachers, small groups. If you're interested in learning more about this, whether it's for Advent, I have a couple spots left for Advent or moving into 2021, you can reach out to me at edwards3.com. That's edwardsri.com to learn more about my online events for small groups. So let's go back to conscience though. You see, conscience is not just a feeling. I think that's what many people think. It's just a feeling, an inner feeling you have about right or wrong. And so if I feel this is okay, then it must be okay. But that's not what the Catholic Church teaches at all. No, the Catholic Church explains in Catechism, Article 1778, conscience is, quote, a judgment of reason. It's a judgment of reason. It's, in other words, conscience it involves my mind. I'm making a judgment where I, I recognize the quality, the moral quality of a certain action. So my conscience doesn't make an act good. It's an act of judgment. So I can either judge correctly that this is the right thing, or I can judge wrongly and, and make a bad decision in my life. Uh, in fact, the word conscience, con-science, you can think of it that way, con-with, science, knowledge, it's making a decision, a moral decision with knowledge, with the right knowledge of what's right and wrong. That's why when someone says, you know, well, my, conscience, my conscience doesn't bother me. I don't feel guilty. I don't feel badly about what I'm doing, so it must be okay. That, that, that's not good. We have to form our conscience well. Do you remember Adolf Eichmann? Adolf Eichmann, one of the key Nazi leaders, he was the one of the, the central people in charge of the Holocaust. He, he was eventually caught and put on trial. And in 1962, on trial, he said he had no regrets about what he did. He said, I was just following my conscience. I was just following my conscience. Millions of Jews murdered because he was just following his conscience. No, we have a responsibility to form our conscience. Remember the word conscience, conscience. Think of it as with science. Uh, I, I like to think of the analogy of a smoke detector. You know, in your home, you have a smoke detector and, you know, it, and, and the smoke detector detects smoke. <laughs> it, it tells you if there's smoke in the house, so you know that there's some kind of fire that needs to be put out or you need to leave your home. There's danger, right? It warns you of danger. But what happens if you take the batteries out of the smoke detector? If the smoke detector doesn't have any batteries in it, it can't detect the smoke. Without the batteries, without the detection of the smoke, it can't warn you of danger, so you have to put the batteries in the smoke detector. The same thing is true. We have to form our conscience with the right Catholic principles so that the smoke detector, the conscience works. <laughs> you know, imagine if I, I, bought a, 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 I bought a smoke detector and I put it in my house, but I didn't bother putting any batteries in. And then, you know, there's, there's a big fire and I just say, well, I was just following my smoke detector. <laughs> smoke detector didn't go off. I was just following my smoke detector. Well, of course it didn't go off. You didn't have the batteries in it. And, and I could say, well, you know, it's an, it, maybe it was an innocent mistake, maybe, but the consequences are the same. The house burned down. Maybe one of my kids died because I wasn't doing the right thing. I didn't form the smoke detector. I didn't put the batteries in the smoke detector. The same thing is in our own moral life. Do you put the batteries in your conscience? Do you form your conscience 
with the right Catholic principles. We're going to talk about that a little bit more, how we go about forming conscience. But I want to say a few more words just about conscience itself, just to see how this actually works, you know, because it is something in our mind, but but it does involve there, you know, we do have certain, like a sense of, of peace when we're following, when our conscience is leading us well. Uh, let, let's talk about this. So what is, what is conscience? It's the judgment of, of my, my practical reason about the moral quality of a human action. So it's, Conscience isn't like a separate power. Like I have my own mind, my intellect, I have a will to choose, and I, and I don't have like a conscience over here. No, conscience is 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 a part of, of prudence, the virtue of prudence, and it involves my mind. It's an act of the judgment. And when I do something good according to reason, according to God's plan, according to God's law, when I do something good, my will delights in the good. There, there, it, it's at peace. It, it because I, I'm, I'm living the way God made me, and so I, I have, I, I'm at rest. I'm at peace. I'm delighting in the good of my choices, the good of my friendships. But when I do something wrong, I do something evil. My mind judges. Well, there, I just, I did something wrong, but my will just did. I chose to do something that doesn't resonate with what my mind was telling me, and so there's this, this tension, and so my will can't rest in the good. It can't enjoy the good because my mind is telling me, I don't know if you should have said that that way to your wife, <laughs> you know, and, and I, but my will just, you know, acted. And I, I said those, those things, you know, with that tone of voice to my wife and I heard her feelings and, and my mind is going, I don't think that was good. So I'm not at peace. But when I honor my wife and I treat her really well, I delight in the good, the good of the way I'm treating her, the good of our friendship, the good of our love for each other. But if I do something and I say something that's not kind or not thoughtful, maybe with that certain tone, my mind knows deep down, my mind knows, don't treat your wife that way. Honor your wife. Thank your wife. Praise your wife. So I, I feel that that guilty feeling, you know, that, that, that guilt is, is really, it's, it's my, the, the, my will's inability to rest in the good, the good of my action, the good of the way I treat her, most of all, the good of our friendship, the good of our love for each other. So that, that's, that's the essence of what's going on when I, I, my, my conscience is, is telling me I'm doing something wrong. It's really my mind. It's my mind pointing out to me, just going, that what you just did, I don't think that that was the right thing. And, and this can happen in, in, in different ways. So the church talks about how your conscience acts in three ways. I want to talk about the three ways your conscience acts. It acts before you commit an action. It acts as you're committing an action. And it acts after you, you commit an action. So uh, you have the antecedent conscience, concomitant conscience, consequent conscience. You don't need to know all that. I'll, I'll put some of that in the show notes for those of you that really want to be the go-getters and go after the precise theological terms. But it's just, think of this, before you commit yourself to an action, you're thinking of doing, maybe you're, you're thinking of watching a certain show, but you're growing in your faith and you're realizing, man, this show is pretty degrading to women and, you know, it has a really base view of sexuality. Or maybe the show, you know, ridicules Christianity, Jesus, the Catholic Church a lot. And, and, and you're kind of wondering, I wonder, maybe I shouldn't watch this show. So, so what that is, that's your mind. Your mind is growing in the faith. And your mind is starting to realize, I don't know if that's the kind of show a Christian should be watching. 
look at look at its view of sexuality and look at its its view of Christianity. And, and I don't know if I would wa- if Jesus wants me watching that show. That's your mind, and you're not at peace because there's a part another part of you that loves this show. Your friends are all watching it, and you don't want to miss out. And you know, so you, you're you're desiring it, but your mind's kind of saying, I don't know if I should. So that that's your conscience acting before you commit. Then the church talks about a second level of conscience or a second stage in which it's acting, and that's it calls it concomitant conscience. But it's basically your conscience working in the midst of you doing a certain action. So let's say you just jump in and you watch the show. You watch the show, but you know you're laughing, you're having a fun time watching it, but not fully. You're not fully at peace because your mind is saying. I just heard this talk about, you know, what you put in your mind is really important. And as Christians, maybe we shouldn't take in some of these things from the culture. So you're watching it, but your mind is kind of like reminding you, maybe you shouldn't be watching this. So you're not fully at peace. You're not able to really enjoy the show. You're not able to fully enter into it like you did before, because there's a part of you not at peace with it. And then your conscience may act afterwards. This is what the church calls the consequent conscience. Uh, it's the act of judgment that follows the action. So, you, you watch the show, and then later that night, you maybe you, you, you're praying or you're just thinking about things before you go to bed or you stop in an adoration chapel, and you kind of just feel off. You just go, oh, I, I probably shouldn't have done that. That Once again, that's your mind making a judgment about your action, what you had just done. These things happen all the time, right? You know, you could be in your office and, you know, a bunch of people are, are complaining about your boss and you, you, you feel tempted to pile on, <laughs> you know, you just want, cause you're frustrated with your boss too, but you all, your mind says, Oh, I don't know if I should enter into this kind of gossip, this kind of negative speech. So you're, 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 you're a little hesitant, but then let's say you, you just can't resist and you jump in, you pile on and start grumbling and complaining about your boss in front of everybody else. And you're tearing him down. And in the midst of it, you're like, Ooh, maybe I shouldn't say this. Oh, I, Oh, and you see yourself saying these words, and but there's still a part of you that's going, I don't think I should be saying this. That, that's your conscience acting in the midst of the action. And then afterwards, you, you leave later that day, and then you, you bump into your boss like five minutes later in the hallway. And then you, you kind of look him in the eye, and then you look down because you, your, your conscience is bothering you. <laughs> but once again, that's your mind. It's not just some feeling. It's your mind telling you, yeah, that, that what you just did, that was not virtuous speech. You used your tongue not to build up, not to edify, not to honor. You used your tongue to tear down. And that's not good. And you know it. So your conscience acts all the time. But this is what the catechism tells us in 1776. There in our conscience, there we are alone with God, whose voice echoes in its depths. Now, our culture today oftentimes doesn't doesn't like the idea of conscience, especially a guilty conscience. You know, there's a lot of pop psychology out there today and even enter some forms of spirituality popular today. It says, oh, guilt is bad. You shouldn't feel guilty. You know, don't feel guilty about what you do. You're, you're just being you. You be you. Don't feel guilty. There, there's a real propaganda effort out there to get us to just not ever feel guilty about things. Just you be you and it's all fine. But we should feel guilty over things that we do that are wrong. Now, I want to be clear. There are times when we feel guilty over things that we're not responsible for, you know, especially when people have experienced some kind of trauma in their life, whether it's physical abuse or sexual abuse. Sometimes people can blame themselves for that, and they feel really guilty. They should not feel guilty. They were a victim. They were taken advantage of. Someone else did something horrific to you. 
So not talking about that. You know, so and not talking about those kinds of things. But when we've done something legitimately that's wrong and we 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 have that guilty feeling, <laughs> you know, that's our mind kind of telling us, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And and I'm not at peace with what I just did. That's actually a really good thing. It's a sign that we're not really wicked, selfish people through and through. In other words, if we do bad things, we lie a lot or we, we gossip or we, we look at people lustfully or we lose our temper and there's a part of us that doesn't resonate with that vice, that, that's a good thing. That means there's, there's, there's a, a, a good part of me, right? The greatest tragedy is if I, have, I, I do something really bad, I do evil, I hurt other people, and I don't feel guilty. I mean, imagine if I say something, I hurt my wife, but I feel badly about it, and I, and I, I, I realize I, in my mind I shouldn't have done it, so I want to reconcile, I want to tell her sorry. That's good. That's a good thing. But imagine if I just hurt my wife and I say, well, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't bother me, honey. That's your problem. <laughs> you know, like, like that, I, that would be a really bad thing, you know? So the fact that you have a part of you that doesn't resonate with the bad things that you do is a sign that you have a really good part. And, and, and we want that good part to come out. So don't let the culture, even some of this you know, popular spirituality that might be out there just says, Hey, you just follow your dream. Just you be you. And, you know, don't feel guilty. Uh, I'd be leery about some of that because if there's something in your mind telling you, you know, that you're doing something wrong, that's good. And if you really are doing something wrong, that's a good thing. You, you, that, that's your, that's your conscience making a judgment so that you will not be at rest. You will not be at peace with the bad thing you're doing so that then you can, kind of change and, and, and grow in virtue and be better. Now, here's the really tragic thing. I want to really warn us on here. You know, we, we can act against our conscience. This will be the, I'm going to cover this, and then I want to get to forming our conscience, the last two things. So, but I want to talk about the tragedy of what happens when we act against our conscience. You know, when we sense we're not supposed to do something, but we do it anyway. Like, well, I'm just going to watch this show, or I'm just going to you know, pile on in the office and, you know, gossip about other people and, and tear down and criticize our boss. You know, so I, I, I act against, like, I, I sensed that I shouldn't do this, but I did it anyway. I went ahead and watched the show or I went ahead and jumped in on the gossip. When I act against my conscience, I could commit a bad act. I begin to dull my conscience. I know deep down I shouldn't do it, but I do it anyway. My conscience becomes weakened. So what happens when I'm presented with this sin a second time. So people are getting together to watch the show a second time. It's going to be easier for me to watch that show. I'm going to feel less guilty. My mind's going to be turned off a little bit more. The next time we're in the office and people are piling on about the boss, I'm probably going to jump in more, more readily. When, when I, in other words, when I act against my conscience, it's like I'm slowly taking the battery out of the smoke detector. My conscience can become numb over time. I think about the atheist, the French atheist Voltaire. He was trying to get this Christian to, to, to leave his faith. And, and the Christian was really inspired by Voltaire's you know, philosophy and, and wanted to live this atheistic, humanistic vision of Voltaire. But this, this person grew up Catholic, and he had these deep Catholic you know, roots in his life. And, and, and he wanted to follow Voltaire. He wanted to reject his faith, but it was hard for him to do it. He kept feeling guilty. See what Voltaire told him? He said, just go commit a mortal sin and receive Holy Communion. That's what he told him. 
go commit a mortal sin and then receive Holy Communion. In other words, do something drastic and act against your conscience. It was a way to kill this young man's conscience. We got to be careful. When we fall into habits, we can't see clearly. That's why we've got to form our conscience. We've got to form our conscience. And that's what I'm going to close with here. I'm going to be referring to a wonderful encyclical John Paul II once wrote called The Splendor of the Truth. In Latin, Veritatis Splendor. In Article 64, he talks about the two main ways we have to form our conscience. So you ready? So important. First, it's something intellectual, something in our mind, right? Because that's what conscience is. We have to know God's law. I have to study. What does the church teach? I need to study the scriptures, study the life of Jesus, study the catechism. If you, have, if you ever have any question, you're wondering, is it okay if I do this? Is this moral? Can, uh, can I vote like this in this situation? How far can I go with my girlfriend in, in, in the marital bed? What's allowed? What's not? Go look and find out what the Catholic Church teaches. Don't just assume and just say, well, I'll just follow my conscience. Put the battery in your conscience. <laughs> Make sure you follow the church's teachings. The Catechism of the Catholic Church is a great place to go. Other great places, resources, things like EWTN's website, Catholic Answers has a lot of great stuff on their website. These are, these are great places you go to find out more about what the Catholic Church teaches, but you got to put the batteries in your smoke detector. You've got to put the Catholic principles, the right Catholic principles in your mind if you want your conscience to work. So we have to know God's law. And one of the things the Catholic Church clearly teaches, just to give one example related to all this going on in, in the United States here in, in these upcoming weeks with our own election, is the, you know, the U.S. bishops have identified you know, and have emphasized that not all issues are equal. Not all moral issues are equal. There, there's a certain hierarchy of truths. You know, is it wrong if I, you know, you know, say, I use my words and I say something mean about someone? Yeah, I shouldn't do that. That's a bad thing. But is it worse for me to criticize someone or is it worse for me to allow people to kill each other? <laughs> you know, like make a law uh, that allows people to kill each other. Like that's clearly worse, right? Well, the U.S. bishops, by way of it, that was just an analogy, but the U.S. bishops have said that while there are many issues that we have to be concerned about, we need to be concerned about care for the poor, racism. We need to be concerned about the environment. We need to be concerned about just distribution of goods. All of these things, immigration, very important issues. We got to keep them in mind. But the U.S. bishops have identified abortion still remains the preeminent issue. It is the preeminent moral issue we have to be considering when we're forming our consciences in voting in who we vote for. Why? Because if we vote for a candidate that supports abortion, like the, the murder of innocent human life in the mother's womb, we can't protect any human life. If, if we can't protect a baby in the womb, we can't protect any human life and the dignity of human life. It's all of those other issues we need to go after too. Those are very important. We as Catholics have to look at all of them. But abortion is the preeminent issue. That, I mean, that's something, you know, I don't know, do most Catholics know that? We, we have to form our mind with the right Catholic principles. We have to know God's law. That's very taught to splendor. Article 64, we have to know God's law. But there's a second thing. It's not enough just to know all the principles. The second thing is, if the first principle was more about filling our mind, something intellectual. The second one's more like an art. It's the, what John Paul II called the co-naturality between man and the true good. In other words, co-naturality. What does that mean? It's, it's like second nature. Like I, it's not just I know it in my head, but I live it in, in my heart and in my day-to-day -day life. 
I'm filled with the virtues. I develop these, these virtues, these natural inclinations to do good. So I just have a sense, a better sense of what's right or wrong. It's not just lofty in my head, but I repeatedly do good things. And, and that's also helping form my conscience. So when something is not clear, it's a gray area, I'm more likely to, to know what to do in that gray area because I consistently do the good. I'll use this example. It's kind of like my, one of my sons is an amazing pianist and he has perfect pitch and he's really good with the piano. And he can probably take up almost any instrument in, in, in just a couple of minutes. He'll start figuring out how to play it. But I was tuning our harp. So my, my, one of my daughters plays the harp, but I was tuning the harp. And I had one of those little tuners, and I, you know, I've played music before, so I, I kind of know about how to tune a guitar, tune a violin, and tune a harp. I've done it before. But I'm tuning the harp, and he just keeps correcting me all the time. He goes, nope, that's off. And he wasn't even, he's in the like kitchen, and he just hears me trying to tune. He goes, nope, you're off. Nope, you're off, because he's got perfect pitch. <laughs> we want to be men and women that have perfect pitch in our moral lives. So that means we have to fill our minds with the right principles, but we have to repeatedly act on those good principles. We have to act on those good principles so that we're used to doing the good. It becomes second nature. It's like when you're with a golfer that knows what they're doing, they just can kind of tell, oh, your, your, your leg's not in the right spot or you're, you're, you're not bending your elbow enough. They just know because they've done it for so long. Or like my son who has perfect pitch, he just knows music and can hear the right note perfectly. We want to be like that spiritually. Well, I hope this has been helpful for you to understand conscience and our important role we have of forming our conscience properly. Uh, I want to remind you, if you have any questions on this topic or anything else, you can always reach out to me, edwardsreed.com. If you want to learn more about those Advent uh, little mini-day retreats, little Bible studies I'm doing, uh, meeting with various small groups, you can reach out to me at edwardsreed.com, edwardsri.com. You can always find me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. God bless. Thank you.